What's better than Anchor's podcast creation tools? Nothing. Mankind has always searched for evidence of God's perfection, and we found it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use straight from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the lesser of the podcast platforms like Stitcher. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've made $5, and I've been doing this for three months. So, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, Ben, you read books, right? I do read books, Glenn. Do you read books also? (laughs) I do, Ben, because I'm a man, and a man reads books. A man reads books frequently and reads them to completion. Have you ever read a book, uh, like a a young adult novel book, Ben? Uh, That's not what I usually read. I I feel like (laughs) books like that are more for boys. Well, I read one, Ben. Yeah. So I guess you're gonna call me a little bit of a, a little bit of a boy, because I've recently read The Golden Compass. Have you ever uh, read uh, The Golden Compass, Ben? Well, funny you should mention that. I'm also a boy who is reading <laughs> The Golden Compass. Should we talk about The Golden Compass? Maybe we could talk about The Golden Compass. It sounds like we're a couple of uh, little tiny book baby boys. boys. Yeah, a couple of book boys <laughs> reading book The Golden boys. Compass. Book crazy. boys. <laughs> I'm never my skin always crawls and so with that uh, as a warning sometimes we swear a little bit uh, but not that often just enough where I probably might not catch it as I'm editing so uh, this is labeled explicit but it's it's not that bad your little kid in the backseat probably won't catch the bad words we say Uh, we don't go out of our way to show off with bad language But that's your warning. Fidget spinners. The dab. Whip and nene. Flipping water bottles so they land upright. These are things that kids love. And perhaps you've always wanted to hear what adults think of that, middle-aged men. That's what we provide for you as we read young adult novels here on The Book Boys. So, Ben, we got together uh, last weekend, and uh, we were getting I together. I thought you just told me to act like I've never met you before. <laughs> no. I told you to act like we've never had any previous conversation until we started recording. So you're you're screwing it up already. Oh, I thought you meant ever. I didn't know you meant <laughs> Okay, all right. I love that it's, the podcast is beginning. It starts off where it's... Uh, I don't know who you are. Uh, do you want to talk about a book? <laughs> That's what you made it sound like. Don't worry. We can clean this up in post. But a week ago, uh, almost a week ago, last weekend, we got together and we decided to get really drunk and try to record a precursor to a podcast. And it went horribly. But at the end of all that drunken rambling, uh, you landed on the Golden Compass 
is... We did. It was a team effort. Nope, you did. And oh, specifically so because... No, this is all you. It's specifically yeah. because of HBO. Can you explain why specifically you want to read this book because of HBO? Give me a little background on why you're so dang interested in this book. Well, like millions of other people, I watched the Game of Thrones finale. And <laughs> before that aired, HBO had a little... Uh, compilation of teasers for upcoming programming mm. and one of them was for his dark materials which is uh, a trilogy of books written by a, a gentleman named philip pullman uh, yeah. the first book in the trilogy is called the golden compass i yeah. said oh, so, let's read that nerd uh when i saw his dark materials i had no idea it was his, uh, the golden compass which was the movie that, um, what's his name? We've already had this discussion a week ago, but uh, what's his name from Raging Bull and the Fockers? Yes, the Fockers is what Robert De Niro was most known <laughs> yeah. excited. I love that when he when he passes away and there's like a, a video montage of him for like the, what, the Oscars, uh, that it'll just be montage after montage of his clips in all the Fockers movies. Because there's like three or four yeah. of them, isn't there? Was he really in that the Fox movies, movies? No, the Golden Compass 2007. I'm not kidding you, he was. Because I remember thinking, seeing the previews for it like 10 years ago, and thinking, weird, it's a children's book with, or like a children's movie, like a kind of Harry Potter spin off y thing. Because I never knew As far as I know, the book was written before Harry Potter. I don't know. But I was thinking, like, oh, they're jumping on the Harry Potter movie thing, and uh, it's got him in it. That's weird. Yeah, I don't think it does, though, if. IMDB is to be believed. Oh, are you going to look it up right now? Well, I, yeah, I'm looking up now. I looked it up after our previous conversation too. I thought you were just like making a joke that like Robert De Niro was in this, but all right, well, it's time you, for you us actually to get on the internet. Nope, we're getting on the internet. Are you, are you thinking of Daniel Craig? No, not Daniel Craig. He played James Bond. Do you get him confused <laughs> with Robert De Niro often? No. Uh, Ian McKellen was in it. Is that what you're thinking of? Is he really? Man, he was doing all fantasy things. The Golden about, Compass film. What about Jim Carter? You remember him from Downton Abbey, don't you? <laughs> Sam Elliott. Why are None you? of these people are even... He is freaking in this movie. I swear to you, he's in this movie. Oh, I just clicked the photo gallery and I'm just getting just a... You're kidding me. No, he's in this movie. I swear to God. Well, I've seen he's, he's not a, now I want to know what movie he was actually in that you're getting confused with the Golden Compass. It involves polar bears and the him in a giant cloak turning to the cameras. They're like, this will not stand or whatever. It's I he's in this movie. I swear to you. Are you thinking of heat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you thinking of stardust? Oh, is that it? Which came out, uh, to your credit, uh, it came out about the same time as The Golden Compass, 2007. So Same year, I you're right. That happened here. Yeah. You know, and as I was uh, reading The Golden Compass, you're right, that's it, it's Stardust, and there he is, behind the, the helm of a, a sailor's wheel, or a captain's I'm sorry, did you, did you think we were reading Stardust? I'm sorry. <laughs> can our next book be Stardust, just so that we can well, no, like, we close the two loop? more. We've got two more in this trilogy to do, don't we? We're doing the whole trilogy. Uh, all right, fine. We're doing the whole trilogy. You're right, though. It's Stardust. Y, again, it's it's YA. We can we can handle three <laughs> YA books. God. How did you know everything about the series, including its uh, special name? No, I, I'm going to credit one of my uh, coworkers with that knowledge. I discussed uh, Game of Thrones with them after <laughs> the finale, and then we talked about the... Uh, 
teaser of the upcoming shows and he mentioned his dark materials he was looking forward to that and he had read the books and he uh, had seen the 2007 adaptation that didn't do very well at the box office but he said it was a decent movie and really uh, yeah and this co-worker and i we, we get along pretty well we have uh, pretty similar tastes i think so when he recommends something to me i usually uh put a certain amount of stock into that so i'm like okay i'll check that out and i went out and bought the trilogy then after that based on that ben you wanted to read this book we're finally reading it uh yeah i we were texting back and forth about how far we should go actually last weekend we were talking about it you said uh i can read really really fast glenn uh how far do you want to go i'll cripple myself i'll put on the training wheels for you and uh, I said, I don't know, like four or five chapters. You're like, I don't know. Do you think you can do that much? And I'm like, you son of a. So I got to, I, I texted you as we were going back yeah. and forth. And I said, chapter five. And I'll be honest with you. I got halfway through chapter four. <laughs> so you're the one we, I thought we agreed on four to begin with. And then you upped it. To I five. upped it. Cause I'm like, I'm on a roll right now. And also if we're going to uh, go down that path here, I'm going to say you're cheating. Cause you said you got the audio book. Also, you're not even reading it. You're just listening to it. I was outside working on my yard. I didn't have a choice. I can't sit and read when I'm constantly on the move. Trying then to, why did this. you commit to more chapters than you can handle? Look, I'm trying handle to handle five chapters. Or, I'm trying to accommodate your needs. <laughs> we agreed on four. I thought you could handle it. Then you're out. You're trying to impress me by going up to five, I guess. And and you didn't even finish four. You read three and a half chapters. So, anyways, chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you think of chapter one? We learned about a little girl named uh, Lyra. Yeah, uh, and she's only eleven years old. And she has a demon named uh, Pantalaemon. And uh, Pan, for short. We're going to call him Pan. I'm just going to dive right into some of my big questions. Why does everyone have a demon and they never talk about how that happens or why they have them? Do you have any idea? Without looking into Wikipedia, which I'm sure you did already. Why? Oh, I'm, get... I'm sorry for doing research trying to come into this prepared. Oh, I've got notes, but mine well, are based no, actually, on what I, don't, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know the – I didn't look into that. I figured the book would address that at some point, so I'm letting that happen. But for now, we know that the Golden Compass seems to take place in a universe similar to our own, but not exactly the same. And people have these creatures, I guess, beings called demons that – I like how you're playing it down. They call them – I don't know, demons? But we know what a demon is. <laughs> so it's just like they have demons, which are normally Spell- negative creatures. It's spelled there. It's not spelled D E M O N. It's D A E. Yeah, whatever. Well, that A E character, which is called Ash. I did look that up. Oh, look at you! Is that a Roman thing, like an ancient it's Latin a, thing? Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't. Look, I just wanted to know what it was called. So it's called Ash, or okay, it could be a couple of things. But it's a a gram fiend. I think is the term for the smallest unit in language. So it's like a equivalent to a letter, but. Anyway. Holy poop. Look at you. Wow, you really did dive in. Like, how much time did you spend on this in your free time? I told you I read quickly. So after I, I <laughs> read the five chapters that we agreed to read, I had time to answer some of the questions that so I had. in the half hour that you read each chapter, you spent another two hours just looking it up and learning about these kinds no, of things. No, it didn't take that long because I can read Wikipedia just as quickly as I can read a white. <laughs> so it didn't take very long. <laughs> what a jerk. All right, fine. 
I'm used to other worlds that just aren't explained, like continents that don't exist, land structures that are not what we experience now in real life. But this is based on kind of real life, like real continents that, you know, like it's in Oxford is yeah, where she lives and stuff. It's, it's really in weird. Oxford, but Jordan College is not a real college in our universe, is it? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe. But Oxford is a real, you know. Yeah, area. Oxford is a real place. They, yeah. they, well, I guess you haven't gotten to this part yet, but they end up in London. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she goes to a cool, uh, school for practical theology. That part did interest me because it's, for some reason, theology has been so canonized that it's like a real science. So there's not just theology, it's practical theology for like you know, science-related things and everyday life kind of stuff. So that part was pretty interesting to me. Um, and I think that's probably, that's starting to touch on what I was told before I read this, is it's critical of organized religion, I, I understand, and laying the groundwork for that probably by having this college for... Um, yeah, practical. and that's that's kind of the big thing because, um, well, let's not get too far ahead. Uh, well, we can't because you're not... <laughs> <laughs> she's a loose cannon she's causing problems she sneaks into the common room which is the main thing of chapter one uh and her so this is kind of like the harry potter was this book written around the time that harry potter was well known enough that people started jumping on that kind of uh, i don't know i want to say this predates harry potter this book was written in 1995 i guess i'm not sure when harry potter was that around the same time well time to look it up let's find out because i got a feeling that harry potter was written before that 1997 so this predates harry potter you're right 1997 holy poo Well, that's pretty cool all right so fine good for them uh because it's got a lot of the same kind of tropes the uh well i mean She's Wait, okay, of, so she's, I've, I've, she's a wild child, but the part I was going to say the same kind of trope is the attitudes of the adults as opposed to children in this book are the same kind of tropes that we experience in Harry Potter, which is when she saves her uncle from getting poisoned, uh, he just seems annoyed and tells her, like, you shouldn't be here anyway. Instead of like, oh, my God, I almost died. Like, thank you so much for saving. Thank God you were here sneaking around because I would have, like, drank poison and died. But he just got annoyed and said, you shouldn't be here and scolded her. And then like, go get in the closet. Kind of thing. It's really weird. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I'm not going to be able to talk too much on that. Cause I've not read Harry Potter nor seen any of the movies. So, Oh, so Harry Potter, you've got uh, characters like Snape and other teachers and like those kind of authority figures that are unrelentingly sticking to the rules of your child and stay out of my way kind of things. Like that's, it's kind of a theme that keeps going on through Harry Potter. So it gets really frustrating through the book because the, the teachers and authority figures are always very hardline and never empathize with the children. And that's what happened here. Like the guy's like, ah, yeah, yeah, you slap the poison out of my hand, but look at the mess you made. Get in the closet, get out of my way. Like that was kind of a weird thing for me. Yeah, what's weird for me right now is I'm remembering how um, opposed you were, it seemed, to reading a young adult fantasy novel. You seem to be intimately familiar with Harry Potter, so... Well, I have two children that won't stop no. talking about it. It drives me crazy. So, by osmosis, I've learned a lot about this. His, uh... So, Lord Asriel has, we've discovered, has traveled from Scandinavia, I think, or somewhere. Is it Scandinavia? I, I only just ever He's caught the... Uh... North. The up Somewhere. north thing, yeah. That's all I ever got. I, I think this would be 
we would call Scandinavia. There's some sort of political intrigue going on, and he's meeting with the higher-ups here at Jordan College to present some findings, I guess. He has right. a slideshow. And there's previous explorers that have gone up there, and they all keep dying. So he comes back with the severed head of the last person, uh, yep. Grunman. Um, he comes back with like his head and stuff. So that's like a weird aspect, which is like people keep going up there, they keep dying, but I came back with these photographs of dust around, like coming out of a person's hand. You took a picture, you took a photo of a person standing there with like dust coming out of his hand, and uh, there was like a the shape of a child. This I got confused on this part. The shape of a child next to him in the photo. What's with yeah, dust? So Why is dust two, such a big deal? Like they've never experienced the concept of dust. So he's got two different photos. He, he's taking the picture, taking a picture of the same thing, but he's taking it twice with two different types of film. Basically, mm-hmm. is that what happened? And so, and there's two. There's the one that you're talking about with <clears throat> the the man and the child and the dust. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one with the floating city in the sky. Or was that the same picture? Uh, two separate pictures, but yeah, he got a but, picture of the floating city in the sky. So the, the one with the dust and the child, though, the, in the regular photo, like you can't see the child either, can you? You can just see the, the adults? Is that, maybe, am I re- maybe I misread that. I thought it was like the outline of a child, like the spirit of a child. And then they yeah. kept making this whole point of like, is the child cut or uncut? So I, I think basically they're trying to touch at there's some sort of parallel dimension or something going on is is what i was kind of getting out of that and (laughs) sure you need a special technique to kind of halfway see this on film sure and and so he was and that's what so it's in the north this is happening and lord Azrael is coming back to jordan college to report on it and they want to kill him for some reason sure okay so who is king svalbard who wants to make a university for bears? Bernard yeah. Stokes, who is a renegade theologian that said that there's other dimensions besides that. Apparently, they only believe that there's just the earth and there's heaven and there's hell and there's nothing else. But Bernard Stokes was a guy who said, no, there might be more, which apparently these photos are proving him right. But he was ousted as some kind of heretic or whatever. Yeah, so the... Holy Church says that there are two worlds, the world of everything we can see and hear and touch, and another world, the spiritual world of heaven and hell. But then these Bernard and Stokes fellows were described as renegade theologians who are saying there's numerous other worlds. Um, not heaven and hell, but they're like the world that these people are in. Right. And they're they're close by, but invisible and unreachable. So that would be the theme for the hero's journey at that point, which is we understand the playing field, that there is more going on than what theologians have already defined as being reality, which is heaven and hell and the earth that we know. Yeah, we're supposed to infer, I think that's why they're trying to kill Lord Azrael, because he has some sort of proof of this uh, dangerous theory that the Holy Church doesn't approve of. Well, that's the thing in chapter three, is that suddenly the old man, she's still in the closet and she hears them talking after Lord Azrael walks out, big time uncle, and they start talking about the alphometer. I'm sure with all of your worldly knowledge, you've already like know how to pronounce that correctly. Go on, Ben. I want to hear you pronounce that correctly. Go on. Was this in chapter three? 
Uh, actually, it was mentioned in chapter two because one of the theologians said, like, oh, I used my altimeter to find out that that little girl, uh, Lyra, or Lyra, or whatever, that she, she, they said we tried to poison him. Hopefully he dies later because then she won't have to start her journey and she can stay safe here in our school. So it's like they're poisoning him for her good, which is really weird. And it, it kind of gets spelled out in chapter three a little bit. But, and, okay, so I'm the okay the university for bears. That wasn't you took that literally. That's what one person said as a joke. <laughs> Go on, explain why it's a joke. I took well, it like, I was trying. When I was reading well, it. like I was, I'm going back. I'm paging through here because I, I completely missed that. I was trying to. How did I miss a university for bears? But uh, a professor is talking about this king of Svalbard who is setting up what he calls a university. And then somebody else interrupts and says, for whom? For the bears? And everyone laughed. And I think the part where it says, and everyone laughed, you're supposed to uh, realize that was a joke. Okay, so fine. I, I don't, literally, I don't think it's a literal university that bears are... Well, I took it as bears are a thing and somebody wanted to start a university for him and they're all mocking him. But apparently you're saying that it's just like a giant joke. That yeah, I think it's these people at Jordan College are, are making fun of the Northerners, I think. All right. That's just why Bears was italicized and everyone laughed. All right, whatever. Uh, chapter three. I got a lot of talk about Oxford Jordan College and a sub thing called it's a or where I've noted it's a crap hole. Uh, Lyra is considered a barbarian. The kids play uh, the the kids from different colleges have fake wars where they abduct each other. They play rough. <laughs> they play rough. Yeah. So why do you think in the early stages of this book, which you never really explained, why are children living in colleges versus children being in normal schools and living with their parents? I don't know. Part of it is just in England, what they call colleges, we would call high school. So there, like, college is not equivalent to university like it is here. I think in England, if you're in college, that means you're in you know, 10th grade or something, I think. So I, does Lyra have parents that I'm totally not paying attention to because I listen to... A f- no, she seems to be an orphan. I think that specifically said her parents are dead. I think she's an orphan. I missed that part. Okay. Well, you didn't miss it. You haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, here we go. All right, fine. No, but I'm pretty sure, and I again, I didn't take very good notes at all while I was reading this, so I don't remember the details, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't have parents. I can't remember how they died, though. I was Maybe I missed a gap there, but uh, it doesn't seem like she sleeps anywhere but at the college, and same with Robert. Yeah, no, she, she lives there, I think, is what's going on. Yeah, uh, they, they don't, from what I gather, they don't really spell out that like the other kids go home to their parents. Like, they're all just sort of there at the college doing random stuff. Uh, And the kids start disappearing, and that's when street urchin Tony is lured away by a beautiful lady with a golden monkey for a demon. Yeah. Big tell for later. Also, I don't know if we mentioned this. Demons, they're they're just, what, the kind of the physical manifestation of people's souls or something, kind of? Yeah. And And that's jumping ahead, because I, I wound up reading about that, too. Okay. Like, what's up with these demons? And they describe it as being like tied to their soul as close to being one person as possible while still being separate. 
I'm like, how do they get their demons? Do they just get born and a demon pops out next to them? Like, how does well, that happen? No, because I think, didn't they say somebody wanted a demon? Somebody that didn't have one would like to get one, I thought, was part of it. Oh, you might be And right. also, there's the thing where the demons can change their form Constantly. when they're kids. Yeah. Well, only when they're kids, though. When they're an adult, then the demon is... is the demon has a permanent form. So the the golden monkey is always a golden monkey at this point because... Oh, is it? That's an adult. Yeah, but it, when they're children, the demons can change their form. Okay. So like, yeah, Pan, you're right. You're right. Like when we first meet Pan, he's... Well, I don't know if I should say he is Pan, he or is she. No idea. Anyway, Pan is a moth, I think, initially, and then... No, yeah, Pan is a he. It says her demon's name was Pantalaemon, and he was currently in the form of a moth. Yeah. Uh, Lyra's uncle tells her to start looking in the tunnels, and next thing you know, she goes underground, she finds the crypt where the old masters are buried, and they got coins that represent the demons. So the demons are dead, too, and there's yeah. a coin next to their skulls that represents. So she starts moving the coins around to different skulls, and then gets like a nightmare where a group of mysterious Ooh, guys show up and say, like, put them back. Uh, the gobblers show up in Oxford. Yeah. And then uh, Egyptian, not an Egyptian, but Egyptian. And also not a gypsy, but I think yeah, they seemed like gypsies was kind of what I got from it. They seem to be people who roam the rivers selling their wares, I guess. Yeah, and wasn't there a scene in Chapter 3 or maybe Chapter 2 where they, like, all the more or less street urchin kids all get together and, like, raid Egyptian boat? And yeah. then steal it? Because then, like, later in yeah, chapter like, four, she, she, she runs... Was, yeah, Lyra was trying to sink it. She was looking for the, the bung. She couldn't find the bung. What's the bung? But they just, it's like a hole. Like, that's what the... Like a giant cork in the bottom of the boat? Yeah, basically. Like, yeah, if you have, like, a, a wooden keg, I think the bung hole is where you'd stuff the cork in. <laughs> Right, like seriously, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just um, trying not to laugh at the obvious joke. Okay, but yeah, they, they unmoored the boat, and she was trying to find the bung, but she couldn't. But she just let the boat float down the river. Got it, unmanned. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but then, like later on, in chapter four, does she run into the woman and the the woman that apparently owned the boat or something? And then she was hoping that the woman didn't recognize her for stealing the boat. But then she's like talking about her child is missing and apparently Egyptians don't care if their childs are like their children are missing because there's all these other people that like pay attention to the kid and keep yeah you know, keep them safe but it's like she's it, like it, actually scared but then it, it takes a village I mean that's that's how they raise their <laughs> exactly. kids yeah exactly yeah uh Roger the kitchen boy is missing he's gone so she looks for him by climbing up on a roof which seems useless uh and then she has a talk with the master of the uh, school that she's like a slave at and meets Mrs. Coulter, a yeah. real, real fancy lady with a golden monkey, which is a giant tell right there for you. Because we met the golden monkey previously. Oh, when did we meet the golden monkey previously? You heard about it as being one of the gobblers, a pretty lady yeah. with a golden monkey. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's how we met it. Oh, okay, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, Well, because it didn't... It, and that wasn't like the kids making rumors about the gobblers. That was an actual third-person narrative of the gobbler scene, wasn't it? After right. they took... Yeah, it wasn't part of... Yeah, that was just describing the Egyptian kid, uh, Tony. Wasn't he the one who was... Or was it when Roger... When the whatever kid stole some food from the from the flea market or whatever and then yeah. met, met Mrs. Coulter and the Golden Monkey. 
Right, right. right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, I don't know. later, Lyra meets this same woman. Chapter four. The master talks with Lyra after dinner with fancy, fancy Mrs. Coulter. Yeah. Mrs. Coulter is a female scholar, which are not respected. Uh, Correct. Yeah. She says uh, to Lyra, you got grow up and get out of college. What's that? Your impression, too, that this isn't set in necessarily modern time. It seems like the time of this would be more like the early to middle 20th century. Is that what the setting seems to be? Who knows? They don't say anything like someone's driving a car or a horse. They don't spell out things like that in this book. Yeah, but they have some sort of photography and there's... That's true. They're right. That could be like nineteen, and maybe you're or ten. Well, so that's why I said no early to mid twentieth century. I'm Fine, kind of, who knows? That's the feel I got for just trying to establish <laughs> the setting here. Jeez. Uh, she does, or actually, one of the uh, masters or whatever um, was saying, "You got to grow up and get out of college." And she doesn't like the idea until Mrs. Coulter, because she's totally smitten with this woman, yeah. says, "I'll take her." Uh, that's when the master gives her an altimeter. Which I guess is the golden compass, the whole point of the book. Yeah, lithiometer, yeah. Yeah, altheometer, whatever. And uh, she can turn it, apparently, like turn the compass in different rings to make designs, like a helmet or a sword. Yeah, the master is urging her to keep it secret. Don't let anyone know that she has this. And he also doesn't tell her how to use it. He just says, you'll figure it out. Also, he's very unhappy that she's going to be taken off with Mrs. Coulter. Lyra's like, she gave up climbing the roofs to try and find Roger. She's like, yeah, maybe the, like I'll just get lazy. Maybe this woman will find Roger for me. And uh, the master is like, eh, and like not into it. And then gives her the thing and says, figure it out. So then she takes off. And then that's when we deal with all this stuff about like the uh, Mrs. Coulter showing her how to be pretty. They actually have a Diagon Alley situation where she goes to shopping in a magical world for fantastic dresses. I'm sorry, what Diagon Alley? Where... Again, that's a Harry Potter thing. It's when okay. Harry Potter finally gets scooped up by the giant Hagrid. says, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> you're just speaking gibberish at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so he scoops him up and says, like, we got to get you ready for school and takes him out school shopping for, like, books and wands and all sorts of magical fun stuff and even a bat. Uh so it's kind of like a Diagon Alley thing, which made me think, like, is this app? But you're right. This this is a precursor. So maybe, who knows? Maybe J.K. Rowling read this and thought, I think I can dumb this down. And <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. from, from here on out, this is what I've got. Uh, she's taught to be a fancy lady. Oh, and Mrs. Coulter also freaks out on her. And uh, when she starts to, what did she mention? I think she was mentioning the... Uh, the grabbers or whatever, the gobblers. The gobblers. And then Mrs. Coulter's monkey started to get kind of flared up. There was something where like yeah. Mrs. Coulter's monkey started to like kind of get angry and stuff. And then like she freaked out and then she calmed down immediately afterwards, like a sociopath, and said, like, Well, we gotta get you ready for dinner. So that's as far as I got. Go on, explain the rest to me. Are you trying to get out of reading the chapter and a half and just skipping ahead to six or what? Ben, it's for the good of the show. Are we going to do the half of chapter four and chapter five or not? Do you want to punch? Isn't this listeners? supposed to be a dialogue? Well, isn't this supposed to be a dialogue? You and I <laughs> going back and forth here. If I'm just like summarizing the book, well, what's the use of that? 
Okay, so fill me in. What happens in the next couple or the next chapter and a half? So, as you said, Lyra leaves with Mrs. Coulter. They take the Zeppelin to London. So they're in London. (laughs) Lyra's staying with Mrs. Coulter in her uh, fancy London flat. Mm -hmm. So there's a so chapter five. Boy, did I miss out! I feel real, real guilty. I wasn't prepared for this with chapter five. It's a dinner party. Did any kind of intrigue or anything interesting happen in the dinner party? party what's that it's a cocktail party not a dinner party all right fine does anything interesting happen in this chapter besides because what i got from my portion of chapter four was boy she loves dresses and she loves getting pretty and formalities so okay yeah so mrs coulter's taking her around the royal arctic institute for lunch after they get to which is where she's like the only female member is that what it was one of the very few female members so they go there for lunch. They see a couple of people. A reporter was one of the things that happened. Um, oh, that's right. And Mrs. Coulter kicked her out. Yeah. Yeah. The journalist. Um, Leave quietly and don't embarrass anyone. I guess I did get into chapter five. Yes. That's chapter five. So you, what, what's the last thing that happened that you read? Cause I then think- didn't, she was plotting to, uh, she ran away. Uh, I got as far as telling the reporter to leave quietly and don't embarrass anyone. I think that's as far as I got. So okay. What was, it, what was the reporter so that, doing? Why was the reporter at the cocktail party? Well, she's trying to get some sort of information because there's all these people talking about. So the gobblers are real. The the people who are stealing children um, and gobblers comes from general oblation board gob so they call them gobblers as the nickname oh. uh, so they said so it's a an old idea where in the middle ages people would give their children to the church um and the kids were known as oblates so that's why it's oblation oh, well, uh, as a, a sacrifice or an offering uh, so we find that out we, we get the clarification on what's going on with the disappearing kids well not I guess we're still not entirely clear as to why that's happening, but we know it's happening and there's a uh, organization behind it. Um, I can't remember. But the chapter closes with Lyra deciding that she needs to get out of Mrs. Coulter's apartment and she hatches a plan with her demon Pan to run away. So the chapter closes with her slipping out of the uh, apartment and into the hall. <laughs> that's it yeah like she's slipped, yeah she slipped through the door and into the hall in less than three seconds she was opening the front door of the flat so uh, yeah and, and with her and pan uh this time as a goldfinch uh running for the stick <laughs> fleeing <laughs> ben what do we learn from chapters one through five of the golden compass well, you learned that Harry Potter ripped off the Golden Compass and not the other way around. <laughs> Apparently that's... Anything else you take away from this? How do you feel about the characters? The So the main character, uh, Lyra, she's... We're following her through this magical compassy journey. How do you feel about her? Are you bonding with her? Are you learning about her psyche? Do you feel like you know Lyra? I don't at all. <laughs> just a little monkey kid running around causing trouble and then randomly wants to be sophisticated. It yeah. That. And that's what we're doing. Right. So 
<laughs> can we relate to her on that level? I mean, we're kind of trying to figure this crap out at the same time that she is, and that's I, that's a common literary device, isn't it, where you're supposed to relate to the main character in that regard? Fine. Uh, anyway, I, I think we're supposed to relate to her in the sense that she is figuring out this world that she lives in kind of at the same time that we are. Like, she right. doesn't know what dust is, neither do we, so... Sure, she's a Luke Skywalker in the hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. I get that. Yeah. Uh, so you walked away from this. What's your uh, and you suck at this because we did this with the uh, infinite chest. What do you walk away from these chapters? I don't, with? I've never been part of a book club. I, I've always <laughs> don't know how to like talk about books. I just read them and enjoy them. I guess. That's so right. I don't... Well, you're part of a book club now. What did you walk away from these chapters with? <laughs> what am I supposed to walk away with? So far, I mean, we're, what, a quarter of the way into the book. They're just setting up the trilogy and the world that they're in. I don't know. I'm not walking away with anything yet, I don't think. I'm just, the world is being built. Fine. Well, what did you walk away from it? Uh, I walked away with a little monkey girl running around, uh, causing all sorts of scrapping and yelling. Uh, Egyptians don't seem to be real people that anyone cares about. They'll steal their boats. And it's hilarious. Like, I imagine if I watch the movie of this, the scene where she steals the Egyptian's boat and looks for the bunghole that you care so much about, probably had a lot of, like, hilarious music in the background. And, um, Egyptians don't seem to care about their kids at all, except for this one time where they're actually, like, stolen. They all care about everybody's kids. Well, how many... If you think about that logically... If my kid didn't come back tonight and I was Egyptian and I was like, okay, so somebody else is paying attention to my kid. How many weeks go by till you're like, uh, my kid's not off on an adventure. Like, this is serious. I mean, that could be five, six, nine weeks. You have no idea. So Egyptians seem weird. Uh, then you got the girl who's a, a wild, scrappy animal, suddenly cares about this one fancy lady and wants to be a part of that crowd. But then, like we just talked about earlier, what changed her mind from, man, I love this woman and I want to be just like her. I want to wear the pretty dresses and be fancy. She talks to a reporter and winds up like, I got to get the heck out of here. I don't understand that turn point. So I don't have a lot of problems with this book. Eh, I'm half and half so far. Okay, so I guess maybe I was reading too much in your question of what did I walk away with because I thought you were trying to get at some... Well, I mean... Or something, but you're just reciting things that happen. So, I mean, <laughs> I've walked away with those things, too. I remember oh, reading. Them, my though. general vibe is, eh, I'm half and half on this. Uh, maybe this author will win me over, but I'm not against it either. I'm sort oh. of 50-50 so far. And again, like you said, it's at the beginning of the book. It's not like I'm at the end of the book. But uh, Okay, so just general takeaways of how I feel about reading it. Is yeah. Not, and can not, you okay, I thought with you meant Infinite Jest, maybe? I mean, I'd just love to hear your takeaway from Infinite Jest. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I, I don't know. I'm I'm into it as much as I think I can be so far, and I'll, I'm looking forward to keep reading it. And this is not the sort of book I usually read, so... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to... You want to definitely brag about that on the podcast. Like, what kind of books do you normally read? You, like, read, like, oh. 1984, and, like, you read, like... like I try to read a lot of different things, punishment. but I... I don't, yeah, I, I don't usually, I think we talked about this. I, uh, felt <laughs> well, a little, it's nice. not on this what recording, I, but yes, we talked about this and argued extensively about it. Well, I was just, I felt a little out of place when I went to the bookstore and, uh, looked in the 
the normal section and the books weren't there and I had to I had to sheepishly go back to the YA section and where I found the books are all that familiar with. So uh but you know I'd like to try and read different things. So this is just for me. It's I know. Uh, not I normally would have picked up but I'm enjoying it enough so far. The shadow of Harry Potter is gonna weigh heavily on this book only because of its success. Uh, not of uh, like when it was written first, because you can go to a bookstore and you'll find Harry Potter in the romance section, in the modern fiction section. You'll find it everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, this book this book's in the YA section, and you can't hide from it. It's going to be right there next to Twilight. Man, I can't wait for polar bears. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be hot. I mean, I imagine the polar bear... Or something. What's uh, that? I think they're in a fraternity. They have a rowing team, the bears <laughs> at the university. <laughs> a polar bear debate club and a oh, rowing thanks. team. Yeah, exactly. I'm standing by it. I'm standing by the bear college as a thing that wasn't a joke made by theologians in this no, school. I'm thinking like it was a real thing that they're complaining about. I'm standing by it. Oh my God. All right. And you're standing by dust is just dust. I'll try and call you Glenn though. Yeah, definitely try and call me Glenn. Uh, you go by Glenn or Mr. Nuzzles. <laughs> See, again, this would be great to put in the thing, but no. Well, yeah. How about I just say, like, right now, uh, big pause. Go on. Glenn. <laughs> and then you can just put that in there. So you have that. Save that clip of me saying your name. <laughs> and then you can just splice that in as we did. Masterfully done. Actually, if we could just, like, wait two seconds, you say the word, two seconds of silence. Okay. Three, two, one. Glenn. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I like how you said it really deliberately, too. So yeah. if you're like, well, anyways, Glenn. <laughs> it's going to sound amazing. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Do you want me to do it a couple of different ways? Like, Glenn? <laughs> Say Glenn yeah. five times. Get it out of your system. Get it in there. Glenn. <laughs> Glenn 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 I can't use any of these Because I've been laughing all the way through them Do you not have a mute button? And there you had Chapters 1 through 5 Of the Golden Compass Reviewed by the Book Boys Be sure to tune in for the next installment of chapters 6 through 10, if I don't get yelled at, where we learn if What's-Her-Name finds out how to use her golden compass. We find out if demons, though spelled slightly differently, are actually just evil demons that no one's paid attention to. And we'll find out if Bear College is really a thing. <laughs>